0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين Ihdina as sirat al-mustaqeem Sadaq Allah al-Azim Most respected Ulamai Kiram, brothers and elders. This month of Ramadan Once again has brought an opportunity for us to connect ourselves to Allah Allah Ramadan will keep coming as long as this world is existing, but we won't remain here for that long. We have no idea whether we will see another Ramadan, whether we will see this Ramadan out. So Ramadan will come, but we don't know whether we will be around. So therefore every moment is to be valued, every moment is to be appreciated. And to the extent that we will apply ourselves, Allah Ta'ala will inshallah, out of His grace and mercy, grant us what we are trying to achieve. So our effort should be full, complete, to the best of our ability. But we are totally dependent on the mercy of Allah. Ta'ala. But this is the system of Allah, Ta'ala, that a person makes his efforts. Sincerely Allah Ta'ala opens the door for him. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِيناً لَنَهَدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ Allah Ta'ala says those who strive to acquire this connection with Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala will open the ways of hidayat for them. So in any case, whatever A'mal that we can maximize as much as we can, we have to try and apply ourselves. Tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is something very, very directly and specially related to Ramadan. And together with that, the Nawafil and the Dasbihat, etc. And this is something to then continue with, it might not be to the same extent, but to continue it after Ramadan. One is to just do some duty and finish off with that. I fulfilled my duty. so That too is something that's fine that a person at least fulfilled his duty. But Allah Ta'ala has two rights over us. One is the right of the azmat of Allah Ta'ala. The second is the right of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Azmat is the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, the respect that we have for some, on our level, in our understanding, one is somebody bigger than us, senior to us, our elder, our parents. So there is one degree of respect, there is some greatness in the heart, as a result of which, A person will now try to make sure that he doesn't do anything against what the one who he respects requires, his parents, his ustads. So now he will try to do the best that he can to ensure that he doesn't displease them in any way. But having done that, he doesn't finish off there. Because together with that, it's his parents, it's somebody who is close to him, so there's the attachment of Muhammad. So now he doesn't just contend himself with fulfilling a duty. So, Muhammad makes him go out of his way to do much more than duty. Day or night doesn't make any difference to him. He's ready anytime make any kind of khidmat, to serve in any way. So what is this? This is apart from the azmat. Azmat and greatness or respect this ensures that a person doesn't falter in his duty and he will try to do whatever is necessary to ensure that he doesn't displease the one he respects. But muhabbat is something apart from that. In muhabbat he doesn't confine himself to just fulfilling that duty and feel, I've done my responsibility. He goes way out to do whatever he can to please the one he has muhabbat for. So, one is the azmat of Allah Ta'ala. The azmat of Allah Ta'ala demands that we be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. We fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala. So, due to the azmat of Allah Ta'ala, a person will fulfill his faraiz, his wajibat, and likewise the sunnatim He will stay away from haram because Allah Taala is the greatest. And Allah Taala is his creator. Allah Taala is the one who brought him into existence, and Allah Taala is sustaining him. And Allah Taala has full control over him. And at any moment, Allah Taala wills, then He can take him to task also. Allah Ta'ala wills, then he can take him to task on the spot. But it is his clemency, it is his tolerance, Allah Ta'ala gives respite. But now because this greatness is in his heart, and when this greatness is in his heart, then he will be very conscious that he does not disobey Allah. Ta'ala. But then This is not just a dry relationship like an employer and an employee. There is a relationship of muhabbat, of love. So, when there is a relationship of love, so now a person goes the extra mile to earn the happiness of the beloved. So, what will be the case now? Now, he will exert himself in nawafil. He will exert himself in extra Ibadat. He will exert himself in doing whatever is in his capacity to try and earn the pleasure of Allah. He is not content with just doing his duty. This highlights the importance of Nawafil in our lives. Many a times, let alone Nawafil, Sunnate Ghair Muakkadah. Earlier we were discussing all these classifications that the Fuqaha have made, in order to make things clear for us, but we take it in a different light. And for example, the sunnatay ghair For instance, the four Sunnahs before asr, or the four Sunnahs before isha. So this is sunnat ghair So a person often plans himself. To be there at a time when there won't be time left for the sunnah. You say, well, it's very But for zuhar, for example, or fajr, then he will be there in time to ensure that he's got his time for his sunnahs also. So for asar, for isha, one is that a person got delayed, or he got caught up in something, or whatever he got did. But the other is a deliberate planning for that. That, well, what time is asar? Asar is at five o'clock, so fine, if I get there three minutes to five fine, because I'll have one minute before namaz, I'll be there in time. I need to make wuzu. so it'll take me two, three minutes to make wuzu. so if I get there five to five, he'll say, okay. So he's planning already not to make the sunnats. He's planning already to omit it. One is he didn't manage to make it in time, and the other is planning not to do it. Not that he is, he will say it in these words. That I will leave out the sunnahs. He is planning to be there just in time for the farz as a routine. As a routine, this is now, this is the aspect that now we are lacking in that Muhabbat. Now we have already planned to omit it. So when the sunnah is being planned to be omitted, then where the nawafil is going to feature anywhere? Whereas the right of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is, that a person now exerts himself, does whatever possible to do something extra, something more. It's this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala that will make him sit and complete his tilawat. The muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala that will make him sit and complete his tasbihat and zikr. And it's the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala that will drive him to serve deen in some way. Because he is not content with just trying to fulfill a duty. This is beyond just fulfilling duties. That goes without saying. He wants to go not just the extra mile, he wants to go far beyond the extra mile. Because Allah Ta'ala is the most beloved. And to earn the love of Allah Ta'ala is his objective. So this is this month of Ramadan. The environment is conducive towards exerting ourselves in ibadat, alhamdulillah. We try to make both we make the nawafil as well. But often, this is something that we just confine for the month of Ramadan with the hope of getting the increased and multiplied rewards, alhamdulillah. That too is a very great thing. And we should be doing these amal, one of the things for, is for the rewards as well. But, this is something beyond the rewards also. And then, when it is done for something beyond the rewards, for the muhabbat of Allah, Allah, then it will continue after Ramadan as well. Then the sunnah ghair will also be, there will be some effort to try and be there in time to perform it. And a person didn't have the chance to make the sunnat completely, but there is time to make two rakats of tahiyatul masjid So he won't now sit down and be looking at the clock to see now how many seconds are ticking. He'll make the tahiyatul al-Masjid at least. Or oh, there isn't, or oh, he's completed his sunnat, there's an opportunity now, there's time to be making some tasbih, some zikr, some istighfar. So all this is part of this dictates of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. So, the azmat of Allah Ta'ala is also required and the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is also to be acquired. And both these things are in place. On the one side, a person will now refrain from disobedience and he will, inshallah, go way ahead in ibadat as well. So this is what we have to aspire for, this is what we have to try to achieve in this Mubarak month. Not just for this time, but what we will then inshallah carry forward with us. This was just something that came to mind as an introduction. We recited the first few surahs of, the first few ayat of Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha is the surah of the Quran Sharif that everybody knows, alhamdulillah. Because we all have to recite the surah in every rakat. So we recite it daily. And if a person counts how many times, numerous times in the day that he is reciting surah fatiha the entire Qur'an Sharif, which is the book of Hidayat, this is summarized in surah al-Fatiha. the Qur'an Sharif, the three main themes that run throughout the Qur'an Sharif. And everything else falls into one of these themes. The first thing is Tawheed. The oneness of Allah wa ta'ala. And this is the most essential thing in the life of a Mu'min. The firm belief in Tawheed. And then together with that is Risalat the messengership of Rasulullah and the third theme that goes across the Quran Sharif is the theme of Ma'ad the hereafter throughout the Quran Sharif you'll find this and all these three themes are encompassed in Surah Al-Fatiha Alhamdulillahi (laughs) Rabbil Alameen All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. So now all the other false things are being cut off. I don't feature in the equation. No praise is due to me. I am nobody. I have not achieved anything. And neither is praise due to anybody else. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. If somebody is being praised in some way as a kind of encouragement now, a person praises some child for example now, so start praises a student for something, as a form of encouragement, that too is in reality the praise of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has blessed this bounty and has made this possible. Person praising a picture, it's a nice drawing of some scenery, some garden, some flower, whatever, the person is praising this, mashallah. So, he's not praising the picture in reality, he's praising the artist. So, likewise, all praise is due to Allah alone. So, now, this is already part of the Tawheed. Ar-Rahman rahim Maliki Allah is the master of the Day of Judgment. Nobody will have any say on that day also. Now, this is the Tawheed. And the expression of the Tawheed thereafter is, Iyaka Na'bud. That since Allah alone is the creator, Allah alone is the one to whom all praise is due. Allah alone is the Rabb. So, Iyyaka Na'bud. Ya Allah, you alone do we worship. This Na'bud, Ibadat, what is this Ibadat? Again, many a times, our mind, this Ibadat is confined to Salah, to Zakat. Person fasting in the month of Ramadan... Or oh, apart from the farai, somebody might then extend ibadat also to the nawafil. Yes, it is. To some tilawat of the Quran Sharif, zikr, etc. Alhamdulillah, all that is ibadat. But generally, that's where we finish off. And because this is the concept in our mind that ibadat is confined to these a'mal, so a person now performs his salah properly in the masjid. He then makes some tasbih, zikr. He'll make some tilawat, and then he'll leave the masjid, and then he'll do whatever he wants. He'll be in his business, he'll conduct his business anyhow. Halal, haram, won't really matter. He'll go home, he'll conduct himself with his family, with others, without any concern, without any consideration. Why? Because ibadat for him was confined to the masjid. What happens at home, what happens in the business, this is not part of ibadat for him. Whereas a mu'min, 24 hours of his life is in ibadat. Provided that he is fulfilling all the aspects of life in the way that Allah Ta'ala wants him to fulfill it. If he is in his business, he is conscious that this business also has to be done in the way Allah Ta'ala has commanded. The way the beast has taught. So now he is concerned that he doesn't do anything haram. He won't involve himself in any interest transaction, whether it is taking obviously, whether it is giving any interest, because this is something that Allah Ta'ala has cursed. So now he doesn't want to have anything to do with any curse of Allah Ta'ala. He becomes a businessman of the type that Allah Ta'ala describes in the Quran Sharif that رجال الله تلهم تجارة ولا بيعون عن ذكر الله وإقام الصلاة وإيتا الزكاة that they are men رجال the Quran Sharif talks about like, how you describe somebody in to describe his strength or describe his courage he is a man so Allah تل saying رجال these are men who that their businesses and their transactions do not make them negligent and zikrillah from the remembrance of Allah ta'ala and and establishing Salah and is zakah and discharging their zakat. Now there are so many things, but these three things are mentioned here, and these three things are mentioned. In the context of the businessman, what is the link? So everything is full of wisdom, Allah Ta'ala alone knows his wisdom, but the apparent link is that one is, la tidaratu wala From the remembrance of Allah, Ta'ala. the remembrance of Allah, Ta'ala, that the business place is generally a place of ghaflat. In the Hadis Sharif, the Prophet says that the most beloved of places to Allah Taala on earth are the masajid. Wa abghadul biladi ilallahi أَسْوَاقُهَا The most detested of all places on earth to Allah Taala are the marketplaces. The most detested of all places on earth. But it is detested, but permissible. So these two things are not contradictory. It can be detested, but permissible. It's not that everything that is disliked will not be permissible. It's very simple to understand that every house is incomplete without a toilet in it. If that house has all the other amenities, it has all the other facilities and comforts and everything, but that house is without a toilet, So if a person has to now rent that house or buy that house for that matter, then maybe he'll say, I'll build a toilet, but he has to rent it now and he, there's no space to even build something. He said, but how am I going to make use of this? I going to live here. But does a person now spend any unnecessary time in the toilet? If he needs to relax, does he go and relax in the toilet Unfortunately nowadays, things have gone so far away that these kind of things have become the issue. Some person says he went somewhere, he had to use the toilet, so, there was a magazine rack in the toilet. He saw that and he found this very strange magazine rack in the toilet and there were some magazines there too. Person says, "Oh, that's where I find a lot of comfortably to read the magazines. The person didn't find comfort in anywhere else in that house. It just speaks about, Allah what's in the heart and mind, that there was no space in that entire house. The toilet is a very, very small space in that house, compared, compared to the rest of the house. But that whole house, he found no comfort. Where he found the comfort only in the toilet. In the place of rajasad. In the place where the shayateen are there. When a person enters the toilet, he is... We are taught to recite the dua before entering the toilet so that this dua, Allahumma inni al this dua becomes a means of protection from the shayateen interfering with the person while is in the toilet. So that is a place of the shayateen. Now the person only found comfort in the place of the shayateen. So just as this is a very, very ajeeb thing, we can't. <coughs> fathom that how can a person ever think in that manner so likewise is the thing to think about that Nabi Stasav is saying that the most detested of all places is the bazaar so the necessity, out of necessity a person will have to go, there he will go the necessity might be that his work is there his business is there so he has to go or oh, he needs to purchase something, so he'll go and purchase it. But the necessity will be restricted to the extent of the necessity. This is the principle of Deem. So now he wants to relax his mind. He wants to have a small break. So he won't go roam around the mall because he wants to relax. Because that is a detested place. He'll go there to the extent of necessity. And once that necessity is done, he'll be out so now to take some kind of relaxation this is not the place for that because this is a place of fitna it's a place of ghaflat and heedlessness so this is the link here that because this bazaar is a place of ghaflat the marketplace is a place of heedlessness generally people are just engrossed in their dunya and a person is not concerned about what he is doing and there's all kinds of sometimes wrong talk that is taking place. People are shouting at the top of their voices sometimes. Somebody is using the wrong languages. But in the midst of all this, this person didn't forget Allah. He remained conscious of Allah. He remained conscious in action that his transactions, he's making sure he's not doing something haram. He remained conscious verbally. He is keeping engaged in the zikr of Allah Taala, time to time, and that is why there is so much of reward for the recitation of La ilaha illallah wuhahehu la sharika lah, lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamd yuhi wa yumit wahu wa hyun la yamud bi adhi al-khair wahu ala kulli shayin qadir. In Hadith Sharif it is mentioned: Person who recites this in the marketplace is rewarded on each time with a million rewards. Now, short tasbih and so much reward, that is Allah Ta'ala's grace, it's his mercy. Allah Ta'ala does as he pleases. But it is not just a matter of that he recited one tasbih which took a few seconds. It is that he remembered Allah Ta'ala in a place where the whole environment was not even conducive to anywhere close to remembrance of Allah (coughs) Ta'ala. Where the entire environment was an environment of ghaflat. He was remembering Allah Ta'ala and he did not get caught up in that ghaflat. That is the issue which brings such a great reward. So ibadat now, this person, number one, because this space of ghaflat, he is still remembering Allah Ta'ala. La wala Then he gets caught up in his business, in his dunya, and suddenly the azam goes. I say, well, I'm too busy now, we'll see later. That becomes a common problem. So, this person who is, Allah is saying, Rijal, these are men. That business doesn't come in the way of their salah. These are the pertinent aspects to every person in the business world, or in the marketplace, in his job, in his profession, whatever. That either the ghaflet comes over, or that salah gets affected, Allah Ta'ala is saying, no, neither is that uh, zikr omitted, the obedience of Allah Ta'ala is also not compromised, and the verbal remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is not forgotten also. And then neither is salah allowed to be affected. or iqam is salah. And then now the person has earned the money, the time comes to spend it according to the command of Allah Ta'ala. And the first and the most important injunction in spending, that when zakat is due, then he discharges that zakat. That is the pull of Islam. So, Allah Ta'ala says, is zakah." That he earned it, but now he realizes that he earned it not on his own accord or his achievement. Allah Ta'ala granted it to him. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ From what we gave them, they spent. Allah Ta'ala speaks about the muttaqeen. So, now that zakat, these three things become the big challenge for many a person in the business world. Out there in the marketplace. Sometimes the person will say, Well, Zakat, 2.5%. But this becomes a very big challenge for many a person when the figures grow. Now he's counting. One person was giving his incident from overseas, he was a very wealthy person, and he was neglecting this aspect of Zakat for years. He had no concern and not conscious about it. And for years he had neglected the discharging of zakat. Eventually, Alhamdulillah, the Tawfiq came to him. And he went out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. This realization came. this Fear of Allah Ta'ala came. This pull of Islam I'm neglecting. How can I have neglected this all these years? So now he sat down and he calculated all the years that he didn't discharge that zakat for. And that amount now because it was so many years. And Allah Ta-ra-ra blessed him with a lot of wealth. So that amount was very huge. It was running in the many millions. So now he had that cash also. So he says he put that cash together, wherever it might have been, put in one place. That well now this has to be discharged as zakat. So now that all that cash was now collected and put in one place now to be moved as zakat. He says now Shaitan came. Shaitan came and started now. This tug of war started. Said, Look now, if you just give away some part of this, you don't have to give everything away. Just give some and get done with it now. Allah, Allah will forgive you. Then all this, everything one time, what you do is not just invest this in one property, then slowly that rental that will come of the property, you pay that away. And one after the other, the wasavis of shaitan, to try and prevent him from now discharging the zakat. And now he's in this tug of war, his mind is in this turmoil, the whole night went like that. And he became so overwhelmed with this eventually, that this tug of war couldn't, he didn't realize what he's doing. The next morning, he suddenly, just to make sure he doesn't get waylaid by shaitan, he suddenly ran out with the whole stack of that money, out into the street and telling people, please, whoever can take this thing, please take it. Obviously, there's not the right way to go about it. But the point here is, that how Shaitan comes and tries to distract the person, that this person whole night came up, to try and prevent him now, that because he was ready now to move it on, and pass it to those who are deserving of it. And Shaitan came to try and do whatever could be to prevent this person from doing it. He obviously went overboard in how he reacted to that, the correct way is to make sure that that zakat goes to who are the deserving recipients of it. If a person was haphazard in it, then that zakat won't get discharged and he will be still liable for it. He gave the money and he didn't get discharged. Because he didn't give it in the right avenue. This is a pillar of Islam. This is not something that is an optional thing. Just as salah is farz, zakat is farz. And just as the salah has to be discharged correctly that zakat has to be discharged correctly so allah Ta'ala says that rijalullahu fil tijaratu wala bay'un an dhikrillah wa iqamis salahi wa itaz zakah ya khafuna yawman tataqallabu fihi alqulub wal absar what is their quality ya khafuna again the same ma'ad that hereafter In every step you find this coming up because this is the only thing that will keep a person moving, because he's got a direction now. He's going in a direction, the direction of Akhirat. So now because he wants to move correctly in that direction, it keeps him on, on, on line. The person Akhirat is not in front of him, so he goes anywhere. He's not concerned. So Allah Ta'ala says, Ya a yawman. فِيهِ الْقُلُوبُ وَالْأَبْصَارِ What keeps them on these a'mal without getting negligent in such a detested place also, fulfilling the command of salah, discharging the zakat. And these are the great aspects of deen, salah and zakat. Everything else falls within this ambit as well. That they fear the day when تَتَقَلَّبُ فِيهِ الْقُلُوبُ وَالْأَبْصَارِ When hearts and eyeballs will be overturned out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. So this concept of Akhirat, so again this comes from where, it comes from Iyaka Na'bud. That a person who has understood the true concept of Ibadat, that Ibadat is not confined to the Masjid. Then in the business also that Ibadat continues. In his job and profession also that Ibadat continues. At home also, how he conducts himself, that Ibadat continues. Out in the public also that Ibadat continues and in how he conducts himself in terms of his akhlaq, then too the ibadat continues. So this is that tawheed, that Iyyaaka na'bud, Allah, we worship you alone. We don't worship anybody, any deity, we don't worship our desires, we worship you alone. when Allah alone is worshipped, then a person seeks the help of Allah Ta'ala alone. Ya Allah, we seek your help alone. This is a tawheed, and then we need the path اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعنت عليهم So the path of those whom you have showered your favor upon them. And the greatest favor was showered upon the Anbiya عليه الصلاة Minan النبيين This is Risalat. So together with Tawheed a person has Tawheed but he does not adopt that aspect of Risalat fully. Like in this time, many of these things are pushed out there, that will all rivers meet in the ocean. So everything is fine. Since so all rivers meet in the ocean, what is the result of this, what is being meant to said, be said? That all the religions are fine because all finally come at the same end point. This is very very far away from the reality. Inna in Allah اللَّهِ Islam. The only deen accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala is Islam. <coughs> and just as Tawheed is necessary, Risalat and the messengership of Rasulullah is necessary, is La ilaha illallah, is also Muhammad Rasulullah. So without this, a person cannot gain salvation in Akhirat. And Ma'ad in the hereafter and the day of judgment already has come away in Maliki with Deen. Allah, the, you are the master of the Day of Judgment. So this tawheed, the tawhid Risalat and Ma'ad, which are the themes that run throughout the Quran Sharif, we are reminding ourselves of these three essential aspects in every rakat of surah, that we recite the Surah Fatiha in. Every time we recite Surah Fatiha, we're reminding ourselves, my focus should be to Allah Ta'ala alone. My direction is the Akhirat. And the path to get there is the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. To reach there safely, is the path of Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Person has brought this in his life, inshallah he will reach his destination safely. With the fazal and the karam of Allah, ta'ala. Allah ta'ala. give us a tawfiq, inshallah this rest of the time that we have, this reminder inshallah will continue, I need it for myself, and to keep reminding ourselves, that we keep ourselves occupied in our amal. We want to rest, we rest, at the time of eating etc, we want to eat, by all means we eat, but we avoid idle conversations, especially the adab of the masjid, we bear in mind, and no raising of voices in the masjid, and the various other things that we have been discussing over time. The various amal that we discussed, we keep involved in that, apart from our tilawat, and tasbihat, etc. We spoke about the various muraqabahs, we should be keeping up with that as well. The muraqabah of moth, the muraqabah of shukr, the muraqabah of the Ma'iyat of Allah Ta'ala. So these are things also to give time for, the احتساب and taking account of our day, that too, inshallah, we should be keeping up with, Allah, give us tawfeeq, subhanallah, b'hammed, subhanallah, b'hammed, wa shahadu, wa